It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. So on my way out of Texas yesterday, I got to see it for myself. I've seen the news reports. I'm sure many of you have. Uh, The brown envelopes, the manila folders, the signs uh, printed on eight and a half by 11 paper. Hi, I do not speak English, but also an added thing yesterday. I did not. And I've never seen a report of State Department personnel. I saw the the bad the identification myself on this woman escorting who are people who are apparently illegal aliens carrying their clear mesh bags that were in the mass that were issued to them all the things that lined up that looked like exactly what it is Representative Pat Fallon from Texas's 4th District joins me, and Representative Fallon, we have another massive, actually not one caravan, but many that are being coordinated, put together, working their way northward to our border, and what I saw at Bush Intercontinental yesterday and the conversations I had with people in Houston who were there for my friend's wedding. When I look at this, uh, the Valley to Bush Intercontinental, in this case to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, or anywhere else around the country, it, you know, night flights, I arrow, ice air, that's one thing. Open, just disregard for sovereign laws. This is what this administration's doing. Oh, David, it's a blatant, blatant dereliction of duty. Joe Biden has made every state a border state. It's not just Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California. It's all 50 states. And it's not a crisis. It's a catastrophe. It's only been getting worse. Now, the mainstream media has grown accustomed to ignoring it. But let's put it in context for your listeners. There's been 1.7 million people that have crossed that border illegally in the last fiscal year. That's adding the entire state of West Virginia to our country. Highly unskilled uh, and undereducated folks. So we are allowing Mexico and many other nations to export their poverty into our country. So what can be done? And I, you know, a, a caller asked a question earlier about you know the federal representatives, and of course our system, as we both know, we elect, we make the choices, and the you know the censure and all the other political theater don't really do much at the states. Uh, because the ideology wins for these representatives. But that aside, what can this what can be done now? The states have filed lawsuits, Texas being one of those key states. They're attempting to block some of these actions by the Biden administration. But action on these caravans, it's not after they cross the border. They've got to be broken up before they get to our southern border. And I don't see that happening. Well, we have the. Or we have the resources to secure the border. Joe Biden simply lacks the will. So, yes, there are some attorney generals like Ken Paxson and others that are successfully suing and have successfully sued and are continuing to sue the federal government and Biden like to, to reinstitute the weight Mexico policy. That's already been ordered by the judiciary. And then Biden's just delaying. it. He says he's going to you know, um, do that this month. But it's been several weeks since that order has been placed. Governors can do things like what Greg Abbott's been doing, which is arresting folks for criminal, aggravated criminal trespassing. I applaud that because it's getting beyond frustrating. It's infuriating to see what's happened. Now, there's also what every American can do 
uh, and it takes some time, unfortunately, because this is long, this should have been solved a year ago, but have your voice be heard at the ballot box. In Virginia, even though that doesn't have a direct impact on the federal government, if the Republican, the Republican Party wins, and Youngkin wins in, on Tuesday, that's going to send a shiver down the spines of many purple congressional districts. They might start voting a little bit differently, because if they don't, we're going to throw them on their keister come November next year. Well, that's next year. My concern is between now and then with the growing numbers, with the number of, you know, you you have the interdictions, you have the gotaways. I mean, this is a number that's growing and it doesn't stop with the individual. What I saw yesterday were parents and toddlers. Now, those parents continue to live. You know, we live a pretty long life in America, life expectancy. They were probably in their 25, 30, 35, say 25 to 35, toddlers who will grow up, people who will need the system, back to your point about lack of education, uh, you know, lower rungs of the economic ladder, and, and in reality, a second class and maybe even a third class of citizen in the, not citizen, third class person in the United States because they function in a in an under society. I mean, this is very real. Not everyone becomes a valedictorian. No, <laughs> I, I, there, there's a uh, colleague of mine on the left named Veronica Escobar. She's from El Paso. And she's uh, one of the progressive members of the progressive wing. And she was putting out a Facebook uh, post about how this benefits the United States. Uh, new migrants will add and some outrageous figure, like $170 billion into the system. That is just a blatant lie. But to be a, a socialist that's Marxist, you have to continually lie to people. Folks that cross the border illegally are a drag on our country, and it's America last, not America first. David, there are 3.8 million people across this world waiting to come to this country legally, and they're waiting patiently in their home country, doing it the right way, respecting the laws and the rules and regulations of the country that they want to become a part of. And to let people cut this line in this mass unlawful migration is un-American because it makes those good people wait longer. And those people, when they get here, are going to be a net positive to the country. That's America first. So I would, if I were a governor of a state, I would push the envelope. Aggravated criminal trespass, I would guard the border, I would secure the border, and I would force the federal government to come and stop me. That's what I would do. But I'm not a governor of a state. Well, but isn't this also a case of overwhelming the system as it exists? A corrections officer called in a few minutes ago, talked about releasing and the type of people they're releasing uh, to uh, to ICE and what goes on beyond that. You know, when you overwhelm the system, the system doesn't work. So you can understand, I think, why people, not only in this audience, it doesn't matter what party, look and say it's not going to get fixed anytime soon. They overwhelm the system. You can't process all these people. Uh, We're even overwhelming the foster care system with the unaccompanied minors. And in the end, if the percentage grows of those who stay versus those who are kicked out and rightfully should be kicked out, the Democrats are getting their wish. Well, you know what? When I was in the Texas legislature, it shocked me. And this was a few years back. What percentage of births in Texas are paid for by Medicaid? And it was over 50 percent. That's starting out, like you're saying, behind the eight ball. And then the reason why 
there's been such a surge in GOP strength along the Texas border. I mean, President Trump won Zapata County. He almost won Star County. He improved, I think, by 20 percentage points in the Valley. And we're going to elect, we've elected one, Tony Gonzalez, Republican legislator from that the area. We're probably going to do a second one in Congressional District 15. It's because these people are on the tip of the spear. They're on the right side of the line, and they are sick of the drug cartels controlling our southern border. Methamphetamine, cocaine, fentanyl. In fact, we have seized 10,469 pounds of fentanyl this year alone, which is enough to kill 2.3 billion people. They have had it. They're done. The drug cartels have the GDP of some nation states, maybe as high as $50 billion. They're vicious. They're murderers. They're criminals. They're kidnappers. And they're rapists. And you want them to control your southern border? This is madness. Well, madness continues right into Washington, D.C. And uh, let's pivot to infrastructure and where we are right now. Uh, yeah, the federal government has a role to play in this. That That's a part of it. But this isn't about infrastructure. It's infrastructure in part with every other wish list that you can see put on there. They're at the climate change two-day conference in uh, in Scotland, and right now they've sent more cabinet members to that conference than they have to the southern border. So what's going on in Washington, and is there anything you know in the minority that can be done to slow this down or kill it, and does this die in the House, or can you stop it or slow it in the House? When you have uh, this kind of massive spending, uh, they're, they're saying it's going to cost. Well, now I guess the, the, the bill's a little bit reduced, but still it's trillions of dollars. Uh, and if they say it's three point five trillion, it's going to cost somewhere around five point five trillion to pay for it. It's money we don't have. It's deficit spending and it's increasing and massively expanding the debt. So what we can do, because of course we have right now we're witnessing the left versus the extreme left. And that's why they haven't gotten uh, a deal yet, because, of course, the far left wants the full $3.5 trillion for Build Back Better. I call it, by the way, the four beats, Build Back Better BS. And then you've got the $1.2 trillion for infrastructure. So let's just take that first. Uh, yeah, we do have some infrastructure needs in this country, but it's probably to the tune of two, $300 in that range. We need broadband internet for rural communities, et cetera, bridges, roads, waterways. But so what this bill has, the $1.2 trillion, yeah, they got $300 billion of good stuff, and then they got $900 billion, essentially almost a trillion dollars of absolute waste. And the, what we're seeing, though, is because the left and the far left are arguing, and if we take the governorship in Virginia in a couple of days, there might be, and all you need is five, five Democrats in the House that are in purple districts or even districts that Trump won, and they're going to get cold feet, and they're going to say, you know what, if I vote for this, I'm signing my political death warrant. I'm not going to do it. I'm actually going to be an adult in the room and be responsible and look for things we actually need and not just what socialists want. You know, something or what you just said is something that should concern all of us. Votes based on political survival. This is a problem in this country. Votes based on what keeps me in office versus what gets the job done for the constituency that you or any other elected representative is put there to, to serve or the needs of the nation. When you talk to your colleagues on the Hill, Representative Fallon, I mean, does this conversation ever have any meaning anymore? I'll be very, I'll be beyond honest with you, David. I'll be candid and frank. There are some folks up there, many, 
that are like little princes in the Holy Roman Empire. They care about their valley, their little district, and their political career, and that's it. Now, there's not, fortunately, there's others uh, on the flip side that are true patriots, and they want to do the right thing. I'm not going to be away from my family and in the private sector to just check a box. And, and we need more people that won't do the Democratic thing or the Republican thing, but, but dang it, do the American thing. Do what's right. Do we need infrastructure? Sure. So let's do exactly what we need. Let's not spend a penny more of taxpayer dollars than what's absolutely necessary to make Americans' lives better and expand liberty and freedom. That's the principles that, that, that I – the parameters that I live in. But there are others that are just so – so damn excited about being a member of Congress that it's their pinnacle of their life achievement and they just want to stay in office. There's the ones that are like John Ratcliffe, who's my predecessor, who was a great member of Congress. He told me when he started out, he says, Pat, I'm not going to do this for one to eight years. I'm going to go in there and do the best I can and I'm going home. That's my plan. I'm not going to do this this long. But there are those that are there, you know this, David, that are 30, 40 years that accrue power. Ted Kennedy is a perfect example. Once he got into office in the early 60s, he was going out feet first. That's not serving the country. That's serving themselves. Well, and this is why, as they say, Congress's ratings are lower than a teenager's age. Uh, let's go a little bit further on weaponizing agencies and bureaucracies against uh, the American people, this idea of expanding the IRS, of making them more intrusive. While the Democrats may not get their wish list entirely, $80 billion in funding, thousands of more employees, they're very smart because the left puts people in place in the bureaucracies and the bureaucracies maintain themselves. So even if Biden's kicked out of office after one tragic term in this country, the fact is they've weaponized and filled the bureau with jobs, with people, with personnel that never go away. Conversely, and this has been my critique and criticism of the Republican Party for, I guess, decades now. When given the power, the Republicans don't do a damn thing about tearing out some of this infrastructure that's being put in place. And it's bureaucratic no, infrastructure. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, <laughs> Halloween was last night. You want to talk about horrors. 85,000. This is what Joe Biden wants to do. 85,000 new IRS agents and increase their budget to $80 billion. And if an American spends more than 28 bucks a day, they can go in and spy on your bank account. That's what's going on here. And I am tired of it too. And it's one of the reasons I ran for Congress last year of we need to paint with bold colors. Like president Reagan said, not soft pastels. And we've been telling this to Kevin McCarthy. There are many of us have been talking to him and saying, Kevin, if we actually win in November next year, it truly looks like it's either way, but it looks like we are. We have to do this. This is our last chance. They've put so much bad policy in place that, and for that matter, our voters are going to hold us to account. They want us to act with boldness. President Trump did that. We need to do that. And if this Republican Congress in the first two years of his administration had gotten his back, things would be a lot better today than they are now. I'll wait and see. But I've so far, I have not seen. They, one of the most frustrating things is to not go in 
and rip out what the Democrats put in place. And for decades, they have outpaced, outplayed, and been successful with this long-term strategy over the Republicans. Uh, Why they didn't rip out the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau after Richard Cordray's appointment was overturned by Obama and they had the majority. Why they didn't get rid of all the other 600 rules and regulations he put in place illegally, that's on the Republicans. And the Republicans have to start delivering. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, if we don't act with bold colors, I'm going to go straight honey badger. I mean, I'm going to be a thorn in everybody's side. You have to. You, <laughs> we have to scream from the mountaintops. Look what they've done on the border. Look what they've done to our budget. Look what the – and these progressives, the future of the Democratic Party, by the way, is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It is Cory Bush. It is – Omar, it is Tlaib. These are people that want to give the uh, the right to vote to convicted felons on death row, and they say that if we don't do that, we're white supremacists. This is who the, that's who they are, and we need to expose them. They were going to they want to fundamentally transform this country, which is code for destroying it and building it back in their socialist image. And if we lose this this country, China will be preeminent. It will be a dark day for humanity. And I will not, I will, with every breath that I have left in the years and decades, hopefully, that I do have left on this earth, I will fight for my children's future, your children's future, and this country's future, because this country is greater than any one of us individually. Representative Pat Fallon from Texas's 4th District. Thank you, sir. Thank you, David. You're a great American. God bless. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.